Good morning. God bless you. We're glad you're here again today. Here we are with 30 steps to success in life. 30 steps. Today is number like, what, 21, 22? Wow, 22. Can you imagine? Wow. We've come a long way, but there's a long way to go. Why? Because we're just at the point in Joseph's life where things are about to come together. Things are just about, you know, he, he had his dream. He pondered it. He spoke it. He embraced it. And then life began to give him opportunities to be shaped into the man he needed to be in order to operate at destiny capacity. You see, the journey is truly our friend because it is the journey that prepares us when we get to destiny. It's the journey that has honed us and shaped us. It's the journey that has placed upon us the moderate amount of pressure, the common pressures of life. And as Joseph responded properly in each one of those situations, he had an opportunity to be shaped and molded. You see, the Bible says these light afflictions, which are but for a moment, they work for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Because we don't look at our temporary situations, we rather look at an eternal perspective. And that's why perspective is so important, that we can understand God is doing something in our life, and it takes time to build a house. And he's building us as a holy temple. He's making us one of the blocks in that eternal abode for him and his kingdom. Now, listen, it's so important that we realize that life is a journey. And on that journey, you will have plenty of opportunity. You will have daily encounters with opportunities, challenges, many people call them. Some people, uh, you know, experience temptations, testings, trials, tribulations. All of these types of pressures come to us not to break us, but to make us. I believe with all of my heart that God works on us. But not only does God work on us, even by many times allowing things that we would not embrace, we would not choose. You know, you have to play the cards you, that, that you're dealt in life. You don't always get to just choose what happens to you. Sometimes things happen to you, and, and it's not your fault. You have no control over it. However, those things, God will make all things work together for the good of those who love him and those who are called according to his purpose. He's talking about you, according to his purpose. He has a purpose for you, for me. And those things which happen to us, they will work on us. And if we will be conscious of what's working on us, we can allow the Word of God to work in us about what's working on us. Don't just let what works on you work in you. Because if what works on you works in you, sometimes you just get frustrated because, oh, I didn't need this today. Oh, my goodness. We know all the things that come to you and put pressure on you. If you let those things get inside and begin to work in you, then what works on you, if it works in you, it'll work out of you and you can become mean and nasty. You can become frustrated. You can become bitter. You can become angry. You can become unforgiving. You can become very temperamental, cynical, skeptical. You can become all the things hateful that you don't want to be. But when life works on you, let God's word work in you. If you'll let the word of God work in you about what's working on you, then the will of God will work through you. God will work through you if you let him work in you about what's working on you. Life offers us plenty of pressures, plenty of opportunities. 
But as one man said, a diamond is nothing but an old piece of coal that made good under pressure. It's that pressure of life that forms us and channels us and and presses us. And then we take this precious word, the principles, the stories of the Bible, and we meditate on them and we put them into our lives so that whenever the enemies come against us, when we, when we know people are persecuting us and we know that, 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 that people are being hateful or, or evilly entreating us, what does Jesus say do about that? He says, well, don't, don't just do the eye for an eye thing. He said, rather pray for your enemies, love your enemies, do good to your enemies. And as you do those things, as you let the word of God, as you let Jesus' word, as you, as you make yourself meditate on that word and display that word and let the word of God work out of you and love and prayer and doing good to those who are persecuting you, doing good to those who are evilly treating you, as you do that, then you are becoming more and more into the image of God. And not only does God... Heap coals of fire upon the heads of your enemies. It also changes you as a reflection of the love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance of God. Because as that word works in you, those fruits of the Spirit begin to be produced in your life. And all of a sudden, you actually have forgiveness. All of a sudden, you're not bitter and angry. You, you know, you, you are filled with joy. That's why we can count it all joy, my friend, when you fall into diverse temptations. When tribulation comes, count it all joy, knowing this, that tribulation works patience and patience experience and experience hope, and hope will not make you ashamed. Hope is the anchor of your soul, both sure and steadfast. So we must allow the Word of God, the will of God. We must allow the witness and the testimony of God to work in us about what is working on us. And that's why we are taking these these 30 steps to success and doing our best to put them in proper perspective and place in our lives because we're going to meet challenges. And at some point, you'll, you'll have a temptation to be filled with pride. Don't be filled with pride. God resists the proud. One element of success is humility. Amen? Don't be so aggressive in every situation. Why? Because one of the elements of success is meekness. It doesn't mean weakness, but meekness. The demonstration of a quiet and a gentle spirit. You know, don't let the pressures of life make you, uh, 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 push you into a place where you compromise your integrity. Why? Because character, character is what it takes in order to keep on that mountain of success. Also, we want to make sure that we don't allow life to press us into a place where we withdraw, where we atrophy, where we, where we sit back, where we isolate ourselves. Why? Because participation. God demands that we participate. So let the principles of God, especially these things we're learning in these 30 days, let these principles of God work in you when all of life is working on you and all of life is trying to get you into a place where, that tells you you can't dream. You see, that's what happened to the children of Israel. The Bible says they were taken captive. And when they were taken captive and taken out of their homeland, they hung their harps upon the willow trees and they sang the songs of Zion no more. But one day when God delivered them, the Psalm says, when, when, when God turned the captivity of Zion, we were like men who dreamed. 
all of a sudden we could dream again. We can dream about living the dream. You know, you can afford to dream. Don't let life tell you you can't dream. Why? Because it is a first step to success. It's the first step to getting out of where you are, if you don't like where you are, to changing your life. It's dreaming, allowing God to inspire you with what God is able to do in this situation. Not what you're able to do, but what God is able to do. And he can do all things. Nothing is impossible to him. And he also says nothing's impossible to you if you believe. And you can do all things as well through Christ. Today, we're adding this element to our life called attentive. It's the art of paying attention. Paying attention, the act of actually paying attention. Imagine, imagine Joseph had come all this way. You know, he had his dream. He declared his dream. He's, he's pursuing that dream. Life is offering him challenges. He's thrown into the pit by his brothers. He's bought by the Ishmaelites. He's taken to a foreign country, put on an auction block, taken home by a man named Potiphar. He, he, he rises to the chief steward in the house. He maintains his character, refuses to sleep with Potiphar's wife to compromise his situation and sin against God. Then he's taken by false accusation, wrongfully imprisoned in a jail, and then and he rises to become a, a trustee in that jail. He's gone through a whole lot. And then, then he, he asks, you know, to be remembered. He's spent his spiritual influence. He's, 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 he's actually doing everything he can do. He's getting it right. And yet he's forgotten for two years. Two years later, Pharaoh has a dream. The butler remembers that Joseph interpreted the dream. He, he calls for Joseph. He brings Joseph in, and, and, and Joseph interprets the dream. And then, because of his presentation and, you know, because of his humility and meekness and all these things, Pharaoh recognizes him as the man with the plan. So Joseph becomes number two in all of the nation, in all of the known world. And those first seven years, he normalizes the routine of his life. He, be, he begins to build a family. He begins to not only make a living and make a life, but also he begins to make a difference by, by, by getting a plan. And he stores up all this grain for seven years. Then the next seven years began, and, and people began to come from all over the known world. Food's running out everywhere. There's a famine. It's, it's, it's a horrible... Uh, 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 thing all the world that known world is without food there's only food under joseph's hand imagine that joseph had gone through all of that and then he gets to a certain day and on a certain day god had before ordained on a certain day joseph's brothers would be coming to get their grain from egypt imagine if that was the day that Joseph had not been paying attention. Imagine if that was the day that he wasn't on the job. Imagine if he got to the place in life where he said, well, you know, I've, I've achieved, you know, pretty much. Now I'm going to take my rest and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to retire. I'm going to just go ahead and, you know, and, uh, you know, I don't have to pay attention anymore. I, I pay people to pay attention now. Imagine. See, sometimes we miss God's moment because we're not paying attention. And sometimes we are the only people God has prepared to catch the moment. No one else would have known his brothers. Joseph had to be on the job paying attention. So do we. We have to be paying attention to our family, to our friends, to our finances. You see, there are some things that only you can do.
And we need to be paying attention to the duties that God gives us. They won't just run on their own. Okay? They won't just run on their own. Your family, your future, it won't just happen by itself. We've got to be paying attention. Joseph was involved. He was up to date on what was going on under his command. He was on the job managing the most important affairs himself. Let's look in Genesis 42 and verse 6. This is what the scripture reveals to us. Now Joseph was governor over all the land. He was the big guy, okay? And it was he who sold to all the people of the land. Can you imagine all of the hundreds, thousands, perhaps tens of thousands of people that were hungry and came to buy grain? It was Joseph who sold to all the people of the land. You see, whenever he was parceling out jobs, he gave himself a job. He gave himself a responsibility. He, gave, he also put himself in the plan. Evidently, he was on the job because it continues in verse 6 saying, And Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the earth. <laughs> Do you remember his dream? Do you remember his dream? Well, his dream may never have come to pass if Joseph had not been paying attention to his own duties, to things that perhaps he was supposed to do. There are some things that every one of us are given to do, and we need to know what those things are, and then we need to be found on the job. The Bible says, Blessed is the man whom when the Lord returns, he shall find him doing what he left him to do. You see, there are some things which only you can do. Some things which can only be done by you. And we need to realize that sometimes when things aren't working, it may be because, not because we sent a bad messenger, not because we letting somebody else handle something and they don't know what they're doing. They may be trying all they can. But not one of Joseph's helpers would have recognized his brothers. You see, there are some things, some plans of God, which will only unfold in the next step if you are on the job of life. Some things can only be accomplished in your family with your hand on it. Some things, some things that have your hand on it won't be accomplished because it's someone else should be paying attention. You know, it could be the dad. It could be the mom. It could be, you know, the, 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 the child. It could be, you know, uh, the boss. You know, sometimes employees try their very, very, very best. The boss comes in and boom, it just, he just makes it happen. Sometimes one person or the other person. That's why being in our place is very important. But e even in your place, we need to pay attention to some of the details of our duties. Because some things will only unfold with your hand on it. Some things in your life some things in your finances, some things in your family, some things in your future, some things in your destiny will only unfold with your hand on it. With your hand on it. And also sometimes you may need to take your hand off of something that somebody else is supposed to be attentive to. Beware, the Bible says, of false prophets. What's he saying? He's saying pay attention. How are you going to know if you're not paying attention? Pay attention to your success. Be attentive to your duties. 
Keep your eyes and your ears and your heart open. Pay attention. There are some things which only work for you. Are you ready to make our overcomers confession this morning? Are you ready making this strong confession? You see, today it's very important that we add to our life an element of being engaged in the duties that God has given us. Being people with our eyes open to what's going on so that we don't miss the things. We may know where we're going, but you may not realize that there are some things along the way that God wants to show you. Keep your eyes open, your ears open, your heart open. Pay attention. Let's make our Overcomers Confession together. Through Jesus, my Lord, I am more than a conqueror. I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. My spiritual eyes are being opened so that I can understand my calling, the wealth of my inheritance, and the kingdom power available to me. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. No unclean or impure thought can captivate my mind. No sickness or disease has a right to my body. No unholy spirits can seduce or deceive me. The word of God is my meditation and my answer. I commit myself to God. He causes my thoughts to become agreeable with his thoughts. Because of this, everything I put my hand to will prosper. God has a plan for my life. He will succeed, and I am going to participate. <laughs> what can you do about your day? Well, make sure that you know what's going on with the things that God has placed in your life, with the things that God has put you in charge of, with the things that you have control of, with the things in your family, your future, your finances, with the things involved in your work. Make sure you know what's going on. Pay some attention to the most important details and don't let yourself come to your greatest opportunity and not be on the job that day. Ephesians 5.15 says this, Walk circumspectly. What does that mean? That means walk basically knowing what's going on around you. Walk circumspectly, not as fools. Not as fools. What, what's the implication there? That if we aren't conscious as we're walking through life of the things around us, then we could play the part of a fool. We could end up with a fool's reward, a fool's portion, a fool's ration. We could end up without the dream coming to pass. What a, what a horrible testimony or even the prolonging of the dream that Joseph potentially faced if he had not been paying attention, not just to that person, but the next one and the next one and the next one. Do you think perhaps... He caught a glimpse of how God might fulfill the dream. Do you think that that's maybe why he was there? Perhaps he knew it all along that in order for God to fulfill the dream, he had to pay attention. Be attentive. God bless you.